Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen, and today I have Sarah Bright on with us. She has been in the fitness and wellness space for nearly two decades as a group fitness instructor, personal trainer, and yoga teacher. And she's been studying the chakras a little longer than that. She also hosts the Yo- Your Chakra Coach Podcast. So welcome to the show today, Sarah. Well, thank you, Andrea. How are you? I am doing all right. Glad Super to excited it. to chat with you today. And I love that we have some similarities in our background and, you know, coming from that wellness space and into the yoga space and now into the chakra space for you. So I would love to hear a little bit about your transition with that and how that kind of went for you. Cause I know for me, it, you know, just slowly evolved, but what was your story like? Sure. So I had been working as a personal trainer, group fitness instructor for a long time and, you know, helping with everybody with any wellness goal that they had. And what I realized as I was working with clients over the years was that the main piece they were missing to their wellness, to reaching their goals was actually sort of a mental and emotional health. They were, there was such a strong focus on the physical health, but you can't like weight lift your way into being able to process your emotions, right? That's, People say, oh, I use exercise for my mental health. And I think that's a huge component, but it's it takes more than that. And so I sort of started combining my own personal work with the chakras, the philosophical system with my personal training. And so, like I always say, no one was paying me for chakra advice. So I just kind of had to sneak it in on the side, right? Just like as we're going along, talk about the things that I knew that I was bringing. And that was a major turning point for me. I realized that people, when they could get a handle on their emotions, stopped doing the things that were getting in their own way of reaching their physical wellness goals. And even more importantly, I think people realized they did not need to change physically. Nothing was wrong with their bodies when they could fully accept and love themselves as they were. And that was a key to then starting to move forward in where they wanted to be with their physical goals. So it was so interesting to see how it was all wrapped up. So I was doing that for several years. And in 2020, well, honestly, before that, I was like, I should do something that brings this information out. So I obviously thought about it for a couple of years and was too scared to do anything. And then finally, at the tail end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I thought, I am going to start a podcast and I'm going to put this information out there for people because I, I know they need it and I know they want it. Uh, And so I started the podcast, which back then was very focused on weight loss and physical fitness. And it was how to incorporate the mental and emotional and spiritual aspects of your life into your fitness goals. And then boom, pandemic hit and the whole world changed and no one was so focused on their physical space as much as they were their mental and emotional space. And so sort of just a few months in, the focus of the podcast shifted. And I really got to talk about exactly what I'd been hoping to talk about, which was how to manage your internal environment as opposed to your external environment. It's kind of a long answer, but there you have it. I love it. And you are not the first person who has shared kind of that story. And it's so interesting to me that there's so many of us who kind of end up in like the yoga, the chakra, Ayurveda, the other side of things averse, you know, just strictly staying with that fitness thing. Um, I mean, and to us, I'm sure it's kind of like, well, I saw the same thing in terms of like the mental health and just slowly easing that in there and weaving it into, you know, what I do. And 
the same thing. Clients were very receptive to it. And, um, I would love to hear kind of how you like right now, this is totally not necessarily on topic, but a little, <laughs> cause I'm like, I know I have people who listen who are like, how did you, how did you do this? How did you make that transition business-wise? Do you still do personal training? Do you do chakra work? How does that look like in your business and how did that kind of evolve? Sure. It's a great question. I do not do personal training anymore. I transitioned out of the personal training world in 2017 to take on group fitness full-time. I had the opportunity to take over a large department with um, like a hundred classes a week. So that sort of took all my time as far as not being able to take on personal training clients. Um, But I did find that I missed that one-on-one connection with people. And that's when I started offering sort of life coaching, chakra coaching uh, as a, on the side. I didn't interfere with my group fitness. You know, it was unrelated. So I was able to keep those two things kind of separate. Um, and then the podcast sort of enhanced that. I still do take one-on-one clients occasionally. I do some group coaching, um, but I also still am very involved in the group fitness world. I teach nine or 10 classes a week, but I am now no longer so afraid or hesitant to bring that other aspect into my group fitness work. So even if I'm leading a cycle class, I, st- I speak to those things because it resonates with people. Uh, so I, I guess the two sort of worked together for me. I've been able to really blend them uh, in my own way. I think it works differently for everyone. But from a business perspective, that's sort of how I did it. Um, and then it helps a lot because I'm no longer trying to keep them mentally separated. I bring them together in my own practice. So I don't feel so uh, disconnected from myself now mm. teaching and doing my training classes. Um, it's everything's a little bit more integrated. Mm, I love that. When you introduce it to the the group fitness class, do you say like this, this chakra, or do you just in, you know, general, you're like, do you feel grounded? How do you kind of infuse that in there? Cause I know for me, when I sometimes talk about Ayurveda and people are like, doshas, I am very confused. So sometimes I'll just say this, this season, sometimes we feel more scattered and more anxious and just bring in qualities. And then if people are interested, we go deeper. So how do you kind of infuse that into your work? In my yoga classes, I never, ever hesitate to bring up specific chakras or, you know, this or the uh, nadis, the energy channel lines, right? We're twisting, we're sort of nodding them up. And then when we release, the energy is free to flow. I never hesitate to bring that up because I think, especially now, it's really important to be bringing the spiritual practice of yoga into the physical practice of yoga, right? And helping people understand that an asana practice, the posture practice cannot really be separated from the spiritual practice of yoga. They are one and the same. You can balance it however you like, but you can't ignore it. Uh, So I always bring that up specifically. Um, We might even do a specific chakra flow, Mm. you know, and I can speak to that. In my other classes, much like you, I bring in the qualities of it, right? Even even if you're doing a hit class, you can say, you know, today, if you're feeling a little scattered, maybe we take some of the impact out and we don't have to jump so much. That's going to scatter your energy. Let's keep it a little focused. Let's keep it a little bit more grounded. And in that way, we are addressing the root chakra and some of those needs, you know, trying to pull some of that energy down from the upper chakras into the lower chakras even if it's a hit workout, right? Like there's lots of ways to balance your chakras and you don't even have to necessarily know. People always say, oh, I don't believe in chakras. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't have to believe in them for 
them to exist and for them to work in your life. And um, I think it's important to just meet people where they are. I feel like if in cycle class, I said, oh, let's work on our sacral chakras today. Let's feel our emotions as we ride on the bike. People would be a little uh, hesitant about that. However, if I say, listen to the lyrics of this song and see how they make you feel, Mm -hmm. right? Tap into that sensation in your body. I'm going to turn off the lights and I'm going to turn off my mic and let's just ride and, you know, feel, feel the bike, feel the music, just feel what's going on in your life. That's sacral chakra work. And they can participate without um, feeling hesitant or feeling like I've somehow invaded their personal spiritual space. Right. So, for, but for me, that's my way of integrating what I know is important for me and what I believe is important for everyone into a non chakra based workout. I love that. Those are great examples. And that's, I mean, I think that can also help too for like the overthinkers who might be like, okay, what is this? I want to know more. And then you kind of get stuck in your own head and you're spinning your wheels about like they're stuck on this sacral word and they're trying to figure out where that is, what that means. And then the whole hour goes by and they're like, all right, it wasn't in my body whatsoever because I got stuck on this, this word that she said. This strange word that I don't know what means. And then I didn't have the proper environment to explain it in. Yes. Uh, but it is interesting because people will ask me after classes, oh, can I, you tell me more about that? And sometimes when it's appropriate, I can say, let me introduce you to my podcast or I can make a book recommendation or you know, even just, oh, Google chakra. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, there's are, there are ways to give this information to people in a non-threatening way that meets people where they are. I think I said that earlier, but it, I do really think that's very important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it too, from having that fitness background, you can kind of see, you know, just general population, if this is new terms, because I know for myself, when I started like doing what I'm doing now, I would have been like, no way. There's no way I'm going to talk about Ayurveda. Like, how do you even pronounce that? What is this? Right. And you know, like where I'm at now is completely different, but I can see that side of it. And I think that helps too, just having that perspective of like, okay, this is something that I have now discovered. And, you know, for 10 plus years, you know, kind of integrated in my own life. And then you can also have the perspective of, okay, but I didn't always start here. And so we have that background, which I think helps people, you know, it's more relatable. Absolutely. And I mean, honestly, in the, in our Western culture, we don't get introduced to chakras and Ayurveda. And we think of yoga as strictly a thing that people do in a studio as opposed to a lifestyle. And mm-hmm. that's okay. This is the culture that we live in. And so I also am like you, when I first started, even though I'd worked with the chakras on my own, I didn't, I was like, I don't like yoga. I just didn't, I didn't understand. Right. And it just took time to understand. And now you and I can be sort of that introductory piece for people. And then at their own time and their own pace, they can find what they need. Yes. Yes. Well, I would love since it's kind of, you know, it's the start of the new year, um, talking about imbalances that you, you know, might see in the chakras and maybe some three common imbalances that might be going on at this time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. We'll start at the bottom and we'll go up. I know your, your listeners are familiar with the chakras. So we're going to start at the bottom and rise to the top. I think, and honestly, the most common imbalance I see that people struggle with is in the root chakra. Uh, And that's so unfortunate because that's the foundation for the rest of our uh, energetic house, if you will. And so we're trying to operate in the world without a solid grounding. 
as you probably know, each chakra contains a basic human right. And the right in the root chakra is your right to be, your right to exist on this planet, to take up space, to be your authentic self in the world. But we don't really experience that in our day to day. So many people are struggling with being true to themselves. They they think they have to be something else. And so there's this constant push to be somebody else for somebody else, to meet cultural and societal standards that are truly arbitrary and change over time. So even if you met it today, you might not next week. But so it shows up as insecurity, right? As shows up as not being confident in your true self. And I don't mean confident in your work. I see people all the time that are very competent in their jobs, but they're not comfortable in their bodies. And so I think that's really, that's really where to start, right? And that is practicing self-acceptance and self-love, which we also see in the heart chakra quite a bit, but accepting that who you are truly deeply at your core is valuable, not for what you give to the world, not for any other external reason, but because you exist, it is perfect, right? You wouldn't be here at this time in this body living your life if it wasn't exactly what the universe needed you to be. And the struggle is when we don't embody who we are and we try to be something else. That's why everything feels so like you're constantly pushing through life. You're doing things you don't want to do. You're making choices that you didn't want to make. You're taking jobs and responsibilities that you didn't want to do. You're saying yes to things that you really meant to say no to. And we struggle and it's just everybody's like life is hard. And it's not that it isn't hard. It's just harder if you're pushing against your natural self. And then people ask me, well, my natural self just wants to sit on the couch. I'm like, mm. well, then maybe sit on the couch for a bit and find out why you need to sit on the couch. Find out why you need that rest because you can't really discover who you are authentically and truly until you have that quiet, until you have that rest when we're scattered and our energy isn't directed. It shows up sometimes as aimlessness. People are like, I don't know. I don't know my purpose. I feel like I must have a purpose, but I don't know what it is. It's like, well, you need some quiet, right? Some turning inward. Um, and it is, it's hard. It's just hard to find that we have obligations. We have responsibilities. I'm not saying, you know, don't pick your kids up from school because you're busy exploring your authentic self, right? Like there are things that we have to do in life. But it also, you know, this is a great time of year to be reprioritizing. Mm -hmm. And how can you find small ways each day to reprioritize finding out who you are? You don't have to blow up your life. You don't have to quit your job. You don't have to leave your family. Don't. Don't leave your family, right? Just find a way to figure out what your values are, what matters to you. and then determine what parts of your life are aligned with that or not. Mm. Those are great tips. And that's the, the value piece. I think that mm. is something that we can easily miss. And I had one of my business coaches, that was the first thing that we did was values. And she goes, most of you probably signed up because our values line up. And she, she really preaches that and shows that. And she goes, you know, just her own experience. She's like, I've signed up with someone who didn't 
have those values. They weren't aligned. And she's like, it's the first session we got into. I immediately knew this was a no, but she was like, you didn't, she's like, I didn't trust myself at first to like, be like, no. And I think sometimes that happens too. It's just trial and error. And she didn't like blame herself. She didn't beat herself up. She was just like, this was a great learning experience. Like I should have trusted that initial, like I'm a little on the fence. I'm not sure why. And I should have just dove a little deeper into it. And I would have been like this, the values where values aren't aligned. And this is a no, actually. hundred percent. And that coach is perfect for someone else. Yes. Right. It isn't that that's a bad coach or you're a bad person. It's that you weren't quite aligned. I did an entire series, I think it was eight parts on finding your values and where values, core values lie in each chakra and how if you find that you have a, a root value of security and truly that is the thing that matters to you most in the world, but you're operating out of a different chakra, you have an imbalance and you're not in line with your true value of security, you will feel completely out of sorts a lot, Mm. right? Or um, like if you truly value, say, peace, but you live a chaotic life, then you're not going to feel good. So, but if you don't even know that peace is the thing you value, how can you start to take action in accordance with those values, in alignment with those values? Mm. Yes, that's so good. All right. What about number two? Number two, number two, we're going to jump all the way up to the heart chakra. Um, We don't live in a society that really appreciates uh, sort of the softer side of the heart. Uh, The the human, the fundamental right of the heart chakra is to love and be loved. And I don't think, well, most women, most of my clients do not struggle at all with loving. They love without boundaries. They love deeply and broadly and it's beautiful and they are giving and they would do anything for their families and their friends and sometimes strangers people love a lot Mm. what i see though is the inability to receive any love that comes back and that is love from their partners talk to people all the time who are like i just love him so much or her so much and you know, I'm always a little insecure in how they feel about me, mm-hmm. you know, and we get a little deeper. And the problem isn't that the partner doesn't love them or appreciate them. It's that they have trouble receiving it because at their core, they feel they're not worthy of being loved as who they are. And that is part of why people love so much, right? That in an imbalanced way, it shows up as people pleasing. Mm-hmm. It shows up as this effort to love everyone and do things so much for other people in the hopes that someday someone will recognize that they need love too, right? If I give enough, surely somebody will see me. And the problem is it doesn't work that way. Like, unfortunately, (laughs) fortunately goes back to that root chakra imbalance. You have to discover in your own self that love. Not that you can't accept love from other people. There's plenty of it. And people do love you. They do. People love you. The universe loves you. But until you understand that you're worth being loved, that you have the right to be loved. Again, the fact that you exist means you have the right to be loved. You are loved. It's not just that you have the right to it. It's that there is love available for you, but you have to accept it. And so I don't like to think of it as a closed heart. I hear people say that a lot. Oh, my heart is feels closed. I'm like, I don't think that that's 
Maybe, maybe if you thought of it as like a door or something, mm. you know, your door, it's, it isn't closed. You could open the door or just even just a crack, you know, and start letting some of that in. And a lot of that is choosing to believe, right? Making a conscious choice to say, I will feel loved. And that sounds silly, but if you can do that every day, it will start to feel more natural. And I think people would feel a lot healthier and a lot better if they were willing to accept the love that's present uh, from other people, but also universally, because that's going to go back again to that accepting of your full, true, authentic self. Right. And I do think, little side note, I think the words sort of self-love are thrown around a lot. And when I say self-love, I don't mean sitting down in the bath with a glass of wine, right? Like that's not, that's not the kind of self-love. You can do that if you want. That's great. Enjoy. Uh, it's the self-love I'm talking about is sort of looking at all of the parts of you, even the parts that you think are the shadowy sides of you and just saying that is me. And because it exists, it is worthy of love, right? And it is worthy of my love. Um, so I think it's a little bit deeper than just, you know, a bubble bath or some chocolate. Hmm. And what about when I think about this or in terms of like yoga too, like heart openers, like people are always like, oh, let's do heart openers. So is that, that's probably mm, the same thing as a bubble bath. Like it might get you some of the way, but you got to do a little bit more than just a ton of heart openers. Yes. Right. You can back bend all you want, um, but it's not necessarily going to open your heart per se. Although I will say it is somewhat different, I think, in a yoga class because we are focused internally and on the breath. Uh, and physical movement does have an effect on the energetic body, right? If you do open your chest, it does physically make more space there. And maybe if you physically make more space, it gives you more opportunities to breathe. If you breathe, you feel a little bit calmer. If you feel a little bit calmer, you feel in a better place to find some of that self-acceptance and that self-love. So I do think that the physical practice is important as well. But if it stopped there, if you only do it for an hour on your mat three times a week, that you, you'll make some progress and it will feel good. But for most people, I think they're looking for something a little bit more deeper, a little bit more sustainable, um, and a little bit more permanent, right? And it is an ongoing practice. It's a daily practice. Yoga isn't Yoga isn't a posture class. You know, chakra work isn't just a heart opener Friday night workshop, right? These are great, but it's a lifestyle. And every day you'll have to wake up, especially if you struggle with that sensation. Every day you'll have to wake up and think, today I am valuable. Today I am worthy of love. In this moment, if today seems too long, in this moment, I love and am loved. And if a heart opener helps you get to that place, do a heart opener. I mean, honestly, if a bubble bath helps you get to that place, then great. But unless you're going to spend 10 hours a day in the bath, you know, you're going to, it's just going to be harder than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. All right. Now let's go on to our last imbalance. All right. The last imbalance. And this one I see a ton, particularly mm -hmm. in women. And it is in the throat chakra. The throat, <laughs> which I always laugh about because I feel like my throat chakra is crazy imbalanced. And then I'm like, but I have a podcast. <laughs> so the fundamental right of the throat chakra is to speak, to be heard, and also to listen, mm. right? These are 
these are all connected. It's all sort of one area. So self-expression. Women struggle a lot with self-expression and that can be creativity. Like for me, putting the podcast out. I said earlier, I thought about it for years and was too scared. Yeah, it was because I didn't believe I had the right to be heard, Mm. right? I didn't think what I had to say was valuable. And that was in such direct dissonance with what I was doing in my professional life, which was speaking to these things every day, right? So there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of imbalance, right? I, I didn't, I wasn't living in alignment. I wasn't living in the truth of what I had to say, and I wasn't sharing it in the way that I knew I felt called to be. A lot of people, women particularly, when they think of expressing themselves, think of it in terms of expressing their feelings. And I think we've done a lot of work as a society in the past few years of learning to express ourselves better. And women have come to the realization that they need to speak up, right? Be heard in a meeting at work. Speak to your partner. Um, Speak up. Share your feelings. But we do this sort of in like a, a, almost a masculine way in that we push our feelings out. We speak them out into the world. You know, I've come to the, this is my, this is my truth. I want to share it. I want to push it out there into the world. And that is wonderful because that is a step in the right direction. What I find in the throat chakra as far as self-expression is being vulnerable, Mm. right? When you speak your feelings, when you speak them, when you speak your truth, are you opening yourself to, so you can't just put it out there and then shut the doors behind you, right? Put it out there and leave the doors open and know that not everybody's going to agree with you or like you and then realize that that's okay. And then try not to thrive on the, I see this a lot too. People are like, I say what I think and then people don't like it, then forget them. Like That's okay. Great. That's a, that's a first step. Great. But instead of so aggressively putting things out there, like find some of the softness around the edges of your feelings. How does that feel? If it feels a little raw, how are you sitting with that? How are you sitting with that vulnerability, right? When you leave the doors open after you express yourself. And a lot of people don't want to do that. I don't blame them. That's super scary, right? You know, even telling your partner, you know, when this happens, I feel unloved, right? And I know it's my responsibility to feel loved, but this is, this hurts me, right? And that's part of expressing your feelings is saying, this hurts me and not asking somebody to do something about it. I don't need you to change your behavior to stop hurting me, but I just, you know, put it out there. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm a little raw. I'm a little sore in this heart space or in this throat space or in this emotional space. And what happens if people know that, right? Expressing your opinion isn't the same as expressing your emotions. Mm. I was like, okay, I have all of those. I'm like throat chakras one for me. I was like, oh yeah, I can totally relate. That's the one like the, the putting it out there and then shutting the door. I was like, oh yeah, I do that. I'm like, okay, oh, there we it is. All do. I don't want to know what people think. Well, of course. And then that's, it, it's almost an overcompensation for having been told for centuries to be quiet. You know, like women don't say anything. And now we're like, no, 
it's important that I say something. Okay. Now I'm done. I said it and I, I'm just going to close my eyes and my ears and I'm going to go back home and uh, I'm, I'm done. I did my thing. I expressed myself. My throat chakra is fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally can yeah, relate to that. Cool. That's where I'm like, postpartum was like when I was the most like just raw, like totally what? there and I'm preparing for that again. But I'm like, that's like the, I mean, for me, that's when I felt like the most vulnerable, but I actually like was okay with that. Like it was just there. And then slowly, you know, the walls, I feel like they go back up and like, you know, you lose touch of that, that side of yourself. So I was like, oh, how can I find that balance this time around of like, okay, not throwing the walls back up and letting that be okay to express, you know, the vulnerable. Cause that's not, it's not easy, especially if you're like putting it out there and you know, you have a platform where you're like, oh, I'm sharing like some deep stuff with people. What are people going to think? And you know, all of that, that's hard. It is extremely difficult, extremely difficult. And learning to sit with the discomfort that that creates is a skill. It can be learned, takes some practice (laughs) (laughs) and it takes some like embarrassment. Mm. Um, And I also think that it gets mistaken a lot for not caring what people think. They're like, oh, you just don't care. Oh, you just want me not to not care. No, of course not. That's in fact, the opposite. You know, we can care deeply but also know that what we have to say and what we feel has equal value to what somebody else has to say and what to feel. I always like to remind my clients and people that I, you know, my friends, like other people's opinion of you is none of your business. Mm. <laughs> like it's just, it's just not, you can't control it. it. And they get, they're entitled to their thoughts and you don't get to control their thoughts. And that's what we're doing. You know, going back to all of this really, what we're doing when we people please is trying to control other people's thoughts. And I honestly, I don't like the idea of somebody trying to control my thoughts. So why would I try to control somebody else's thoughts? So, Mm. you know, just Mm. giving that a little flip to see how you would feel. Mm, I like that stuff to think on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it is, it's a process, right? I don't, I don't anticipate getting to the end of this (laughs) chakras balanced check. All right. Next thing on my to-do list. That, well, that kind of leads me to the next question. Cause I was going to ask if like seasonal, so in Ayurveda, we're very seasonal. Mm-hmm. Do you notice the chakras need to be focused on during specific seasons? Like you might be prone to having one go out more than others, or is it really just kind of personal and it depends? Well, it, it does depend. Uh, it can depend on a lot of things. It can depend on your menstrual cycle. It can depend on the lunar cycle and it can depend on the seasons. There are, of course, because each chakra has sort of an element that's associated with it, uh, there it is sort of casually related to the seasons and you just have to play with it like dry seasons, right? Like we're kind of in a dry season, right? And it can be very airy, very light, right? So we need grounding, Ayurveda, we need grounding, warming foods, right? And that's very root chakra. And winter is a time to turn inward. So it's all relate all of these philosophies all of these archetypes are related to each other there's a reason there are so many ways to map the world and map our experience of it is because there are different ways to think about it but they're all very they're connected Um, and same way like in the summer or let's talk about the spring Mm -hmm. that's kind of a sacral chakra time like that's creativity Uh, in nature that's a time for reproduction Um, you know humans we don't necessarily just have our babies in the spring, but you know, 
it's the same sensation, right? Like that's a sacral chakra time. It's kind of a time to, to flow and to feel and to explore new life, new sort of sensuality, right? And then summer's very fiery and that's a time, a great time to do things, right? We have more light. We have more warmth. It's easier to get outside, right? There's easier to be uh, out in the world when it's warmer, when it's very cold, we have to pull back in. So mm. um, yeah, I, I just did a series on the podcast about how each, how each phase, basic phase of the lunar cycle res- attaches to each chakra. And they also have a seasonal aspect as well. And so, you know, there's these micro, uh, these macro systems of the, of an entire year. And then there's the micro system of the, of the month. And then there's even smaller and maybe the day, right? So there's, it's like a hologram, right? Like everything gets smaller and smaller, but each contains the whole. Mm. Yes. I mean, it's very much like the doshas. Like you can, I mean, as I'm going through, I was like, of course, because all the doshas are associated with each of the chakras. So I'm like, hundred percent total sense how it's all connected. And of course it's connected because it's all comes from like the yoga realm and connected to yoga in some way. So that makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would love to know a um, couple more questions just to kind of chew on. Um, so one thing about like, so for doshas, like I primarily Vata is always the one I have to watch. Cause that's the one that I personally tend to go out in more than others. And I find everyone has their one that they might go out in more. So is that the same kind of with your chakras? Like, do you have one that you might have to constantly kind of be aware of? Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody, everybody uses their various chakra aspects at different times, of course, but everybody has one or two that they tend to operate heavily from, which is fine until you start to really push. So I can use myself as an example. I'm very solar plexus chakra dominant, meaning I'm fiery. I like to do a lot of things. I like to go. I like to do. I like to take action. I'm always like, you got a problem? I will solve that problem, right? Unfortunately, the other side of that tends to be impatience mm-hmm. and anger. And I'm just like, please, could you stop seeing me so clearly, ancient yogis, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so unfair that you, thousands of years ago, know exactly what I was going through today. So that does, you know, so I have to constantly be, although I appreciate the fire, I also have to remember to find sort of the cooling aspects, mm-hmm. right? And that means I'm pulling a lot of energy up out of my sacral chakra and down from my heart chakra, you know, to fire up my solar plexus. And so I'm not always as in touch with my emotions or as processing my emotions internally as I might be like, oh, I'm feeling angry. I'll go for a run, right? Well, that's, or maybe I should sit on the couch and, and process that anger. Maybe I could look a little deeper into the anger rather than immediately trying to slap something on top of it. Mm. Um, And then other people, people particularly that have anxiety, um, which I think is extremely common, you know, very, very caught in the third eye, right? The third eye is responsible for vision and imagination. Well, that's great and beautiful until you get into your spiraling thoughts. And now you're using your imagination to picture every single outcome of a possible event and the worst case scenario. And then you're spiraling down. And then all of a sudden you're living on the streets because uh, you forgot to walk the dog. I don't know. Like there's like, there's a lot of, so people get very caught up there. Right. So yeah, absolutely. So that's the time that to drop back down into your body, maybe do some grounding poses, maybe find a child's pose, put some pressure against the third eye, right? Like it sounds weird, but put your third eye on the forehead, on your forehead on the mat. It's going to hold some of that energy in, right? It's going to push it back in. It's going to calm it down a little, right? Same with like 
a headstand, right? Not that I recommend everybody do headstand, but it's the same. Put a little pressure on the crown, right? These are the intersections of the physical plane the and the spiritual plane or the emotional and mental planes, right? And so, yeah, everybody has a chakra that they find to be excessive a lot of times or deficient a lot of times, right? And that's that's okay. It's not some sort of moral failing. It's it's just how we're built, right? And so you work you work on balancing it. It's definitely about balancing and knowing that it isn't the idea isn't to have exactly one seventh of your energy in each of the main chakras. That's just that's not that's not what it, it's about. It's about finding the balance and using the aspect of each chakra as you need it throughout your day, throughout your life. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And all of that, I'm like, again, it just is all connected. And so I'm like trying to go through, I'm like, oh, probably it's some root or throat is kind of what's coming to me as my two. That would be my, the ones that I go out in. Cause root, I like, I tend to enjoy the Vata, like the, ah, spacey scattered, all this stuff. And then Very like, addictive. need to get back down, ground myself. Otherwise that's one that I tend to go out. And my throat, my throat usually will tell me because it will and I haven't had this knock on wood for a while, but <laughs> I'm like, my throat, like it literally will kind of like, it's tough or like my voice will like crack or it's just, it, it really affects me actually physically my voice. Like, so that's where I know, okay, I got to look at the throat chakra cause something's going on here. Yeah. And I find people's throats get a little bit sore. I'm always, every time I need rest, my throat gets a little bit sore and tender. I'm not sick, but my throat chakra is like, Hey, time to chill a little. Right. And so that's sort of my built in balance to my solar plexus chakra dominance. And but I would never have noticed that until I really started focusing on this work. So if you're not, you know, hyper aware of where you're dominant or where those signs for the need for balance come from, that's okay. How could you possibly until you know to look for it until you spend some time uh, connecting with your systems? Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a job that's a lot of talking, like both of us have, like, you've got to be mindful of the throat chakra and absolutely the meditation training that I went through. I was like, oh, this is such a great eye-opening. Like, what is your relationship with stillness and quietness? And I've, I, you know, I thought I was pretty good until we had our assignment of like sitting in quiet, like doing nothing for 30 minutes before bed. And I was like, oh, okay. That should be fine. Like nothing. How like, hard no could reading. that be? And I'm like five minutes in, I'm like, okay, what time is it? Must be at least 15 minutes. I'm like five minutes. Great. Okay. So I'm like the first day I made it to like 15 minutes. I was like, well, I'm going to read because I don't know what else to do. (laughs) 15 minutes is pretty good. That's impressive. (laughs) I was like, I'll do some up and yanga. And I'm like, okay, that was 10 minutes. All right. I got nothing else. So let's read and I want to go to bed. I'll count my breaths. (laughs) One. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the joke, right? People go and they go to a meditation retreat and the person says, follow their breath. And they'll say, I know I went all the way to India to follow my breath. I could have done that in Wisconsin, right? <laughs> and they're like, how how many breaths will it be? 80, 100 breaths before I lose track? Oh, no, it's one. Yeah. You know, so. It's, oh, such it's, good reminders. It's a practice, right? Yes. It's, not a, it's not a performance. I mean, even the people that you see that you're like, oh, they must be, have it all together and perfect. No, everyone's always working on something, you know? Nobody has it all together. That's, that was one of the most disappointing things about becoming a grown up. (laughs) At some point I'll become a grown up and I'll know what life is about. And at about 30, I was like, when is that? Do you think (laughs) at what point will I believe that I know things? And then you realize that it's okay not to know things and you start to make peace with 
not knowing, you start to make peace with the fact that we're lifelong students of ourselves, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like a perfect place to like stop, like check in with you. So I know that you have a free chakra uh, basics course. So if people are listening, they're like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe this is a little brand new to them. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that course? Of course. So it is, a, it's a chakra basics course. It really gets down to uh, very much the nitty gritty, like what is a chakra? What does each chakra relate to? I talked a little bit about the rights. We talk about the the right of each chakra. We talk about the physical bodies that it's related to, right? If we think of the chakra as a place where sort of the veil between the the planes is thinnest, right? Where, at what point does the energy cross over? So like your root chakra, that's responsible for like your legs or lower bodies. We talk about the nerve plexus that each chakra governs. I say that a lot, you know, it's not, it just is responsible for it. Uh, So there's that and then aspects and then how to know if you have an imbalance, Mm. how to know if you have an imbalance and whether that's a imbalance in that your chakra is slightly underwhelming or overwhelming, right? You know, are you excessive in that chakra and how to know and not just how to know, but also some things that you can do, some actual things you can do to help rebalance it. If you feel like it's causing problems, uh, you know, I, I think that sometimes people are like, Oh, I'm totally imbalanced. I'm like, but how do you feel? And they're like, okay. Like, well, if you feel okay and you feel like you still have an imbalance, then maybe that's not an imbalance for you. Right. But how to know, how to identify, how to start doing that self-exploration and then take some steps if you feel like something could feel better emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever. So that's the course. Uh, it it doesn't take a long time to complete. Uh, and there's no grade. Right. You just you just look at the information and use it as you see fit. And also, I think it's really important to notice that at various points in our lives, information hits us differently. Mm-hmm. So if you hear about the third eye chakra today and you're like, actually, that feels great. Three months from now, it might not because life changes, because you change. You're not the same person today as you were five years ago. And three months from now, you won't be the same person that you are today listening to this podcast. So I always I always encourage people to revisit the basics whenever they can because it, the information will just hit differently. I mean, again, great advice because that's, that's what I recommend. My favorite book is Women Who Run With the Wolves. And I tell people, some people I've recommended, they're like, I know you love it. It's just not, not landing for me. And I was like, try again in a couple of years. Absolutely. Like, Cause that's how like some of this information, like it, we're not quite ready for it yet. And I'm excited to kind of reread and just kind of see how it lands with me a second time, like five years later, how does it sit with me now? Because I'm different than I was five years ago and all of that stuff, you know, and same with Ayurveda, like you're like, oh, I might've heard like myself say this on the podcast many times, but then finally it clicks, you know, and that can be the same thing with the chakras where you're like, okay, I've heard Sarah talk about it. And it finally, this makes sense now, you know, two years later after she told me and, you know, all of that's where the beauty of this work, you know, kind of comes into that alignment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And where we're supposed to change. This? Oh, where sorry. Find, yeah. I want to know where people can find the course in case they're like, yes, where is Yeah. It you can just go to the website, which is yourchakracoach.com. Super simple. And if people have specific questions, 
uh, anything that they want to talk about or answer, I'm available on social media, but it's also okay if people want to email me directly. And that's just Sarah, S-A-R-A-H at yourchuckercoach.com. I love to hear from people, especially if I can help them out in any way. So reach out, try the course, let me know what you think, and uh, hopefully it can help you start to make some of the changes that you're looking for in your life. Yeah, I love it. Well, I just have one final question for you. I always like to throw out a weekly challenge to the listeners. Mm -hmm. And then when I have a guest on, I have you throw the challenge out to them. So what would you like it to be this week for everyone? I think it's going to go back to what we were just talking about. And that is find a stillness, do nothing, check in with your body and notice where you feel a little more energy, a little less energy, particularly up and down the spine, because that sort of body scan can give you so much information that you're just not given in a busy, busy day. And when you find that information and practice getting it, you'll be amazed at the kinds of things that come to you intuitively about how you can start to feel better in your life. Mm, I love it. Well, thank you for that practice and uh, definitely we'll try that as well. Well, thank you for coming on today, Sarah, and sharing all of your wisdom with us. It was such a pleasure to get to chat with you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Andrea. I really appreciate it. Yes. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.